Hey, and welcome back to On Your Terms. I'm your host, Sam Vanderbilen, and today I have Maya Nicole, Instagram expert on the show to talk all things Instagram, social media, growth, comparison. We talked about, I feel like we talked about social media very differently than like you might have heard on other podcasts or even on the episodes I've had before about social media. It wasn't so much. I mean, there were several times Maya shared these really good, like, very bingeable, very like, uh, you better get your notebook out. You're going to want to take notes kind of thing tips. Cause she's like, these are five things I want to see in this or three things you should always do. I love that. And I think that's so helpful. And she also just shared a lot of great insights, um, about things like comparison, for example, I think like talking about, you know, how we produce content, how we approach content more from a place of like how, how is this best to be served? But you're going to hear all about it. I don't need to say, I don't want to take up all your time. I hate when people spend like 20 minutes at the beginning of a podcast episode telling you all the things you're going to hear. And you're like, just go listen to it. I'm telling you, this is going to be good. You want to listen all the way through. The other reason you want to listen all the way through is because at the end, I'm going to share my top three takeaways with you, my reflections on what Maya shared, the stuff that was so impactful for me and that I really think you should take away as well. But I'm just really excited to have Maya on the show. So without further ado, Maya Nicole is a highly sought after Instagram marketing expert and business coach who has taught over 5,000 students worldwide. She works with the service-based businesses to attract their ideal follower, grow their Instagram presence, and create a sustainable content and business strategy. Please welcome Maya to the show, and I'll see you on the other side. Hey, Maya, welcome to On Your Terms. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Again. I was like, uh, Again. I feel like we have to tell the story. So no, you're not hallucinating. Maya has not been on the show yet. But like to me, she has because we recorded this entire episode, what, like two weeks ago? And yeah, we chatted for yeah. about an hour and yeah. technology just wasn't our friend. Technology that day. was not our friend. And it happens to the best of us. Um, but we had such a good conversation. And then afterwards, my whole team felt so bad because they were like, um, I just want to let you know that like the audio <laughs> from Maya's episode didn't. And I was like, no, um, because I know that you're really busy. And so we were just so grateful. But also we had like a good conversation and I had so many questions planned out for you. But then you were just offering such great like stuff that I just went with it. And then I was like, are we going to be able to do this again? So today we are recreating that conversation. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was just talking to um, someone on Sam's team before Sam hopped on and we were just doing like an audio check to make sure everything was going to work. And I was like, technology is so great until it's not great. Until, until it's not doesn't. working, then it's like, wait, what do we do here? So yeah. hopefully crossing our fingers and toes that technology's on our side today. Yeah. And also I feel like this whole situation was a really good business example of something I talk a lot about. I, even from like the legal perspective, I always talk about like when something goes wrong, like somebody doesn't pay you, they do a chargeback threat. Like we update our documents, we make them better. And like yep. our process got better because now Michelle and my team hops on with guests before I get on to make sure that everything's good with audio. So like the process is better now, right? So, yep. Yeah. I love that. And I was also telling Sam too, I with my podcast, I've had technology issues and it was just nice to know that like I'm not the only one cuz I feel like when you're like going through that and I've had issues too with like Zoom, like I've had issues with really truly any tool that I've ever used and like in the moment you're like, "Oh my gosh, like it, especially when it doesn't just affect you and it affects other people and you're like, is this like 
what are they thinking about me? Like, are they thinking that I'm not a professional or like, yeah. you know, like what are they thinking? And then to see like that happen to other people, I'm like, Oh, and like to me being like on the other side of it, I'm like, Oh, like I, I'm just like so chill about it. And so I don't know. It was just so nice to see that like, I'm not alone. And like every business owner has their own tech struggles. Oh yeah. We all, we all go through it. Um, that's for sure. Speaking of stuff we all go through, I have to tell you about something that happened yesterday because I'm like so curious about your feedback. This doesn't yes. this doesn't happen often, but you know, when you run Facebook ads, <laughs> you get a very interesting mix of people. Cause you know, we get people who they don't know what the heck we're doing. Like, so they yeah. think you're some weirdo that's like you know, selling stuff online. They don't they don't get it. It's fine. Yeah. But every once in a while that leads to a really mean comment on ads or on different posts or whatever. So yesterday I get this comment on one of my ads from somebody telling me, she said something like, her name is Tasia, and she said something like, why would I ever buy something from somebody who looks so tired? And I was like, oh, okay, like Stasia. <laughs> I was like, all right, Stasia. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I was like, I have so many things to say about this. One, I am tired. Two, um, like, I, good luck to you, I guess, building something and never being tired. Like, what a crazy life. Um, yeah. But... I mean, talk about like that. I, I know that you've gone through this as well. And so like, I was just wondering if you would share what happens for you now when you see that kind of stuff. What do you tend to do, not do that kind of thing? Yeah, good question. I will say you're definitely not alone in that. <laughs> Thank God. Um, anytime I see an ad, especially ones that pop up on my feet on Instagram, I always I'm just so curious. I'll go check out the comment section. Without fail, there are always at least one, if not many trolls who were uh, in the comment section there. Um, but in my personal experience with with the trolls, which I mean, if you have if you're on Instagram or any social media platform, you haven't experienced it yet. Buckle up. It's, it's coming, coming for you. <laughs> like, yeah. It's inevitable. And I think a lot of times people um, will talk to me and they'll say, well, I don't want to share my opinion or I don't want to share about mm. certain X, Y, Z topics because what if people, you know, think different than, than me and then that's going to bring in the trolls. And I'm like, no matter how safe you try to play it, no matter if you put out a topic that is like not controversial whatsoever, it's a fact, like there's still going to be people out there who are going to have a different opinion. And so I'm like, you just got to speak your truth and you just got to put out there what it is that you value, what it is that you believe and not worry about other people coming in. But that being said, when I very first started getting trolls, which happened pretty early on in uh, my Instagram growth journey when I had a reel that went viral, it honestly set me off my rocker. Like when I very first um, got those messages and I, I mean, I was like out of it for like a week, a week and a half where like I did not want to show up. I was like totally in my head about it. I basically wanted to burn my business down based off of a few things that uh, a few people on the internet that I don't even know said, which probably just came from their own insecurities. Now in my business, business. Um, I should say, what did I do about it? Then I, <laughs> I would reply back and I just realized that like, that's just not the best way to go about things. Um, even if it was like something so nice, like I, I wouldn't like reply back, like trying to fight with them. I'd just be like, thanks. And then it, even if I said, thank you with like a heart emoji to their message, they're still going to come back and say something. And so I just realized over time, it's just not worth my time and energy. And I also think too, like knowing, like just thinking about, you know, what place would I have to be in in my life to leave that type of comment on someone's 
post that I don't even know. And like, and obviously like it's so much easier said than done, like putting myself in their place, but that's really, really helps me to have a little bit more compassion. And is, is it wrong? what they're doing 110%. And so I'm not saying that like that suddenly makes things right, but that's really helped me to come from the more compassionate perspective of like, I can't even imagine what I would have to be going through to be in that place, leaving these troll comments on other people's content. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I also live by the rule of like, if it's not going to matter in five years from now, then don't spend more than five minutes worrying about it. And again, so simple and so easy to like say, but like to actually do that, it's taken me a lot of practice and I've had a lot of trolls. So I've gotten a lot of practice. Um, but, but I just think ultimately though, it's like when you look at the percentage of people who are trolls on your content versus the amount of people who support you like it's such a small percentage but like in our heads we're like everyone hates me the world's gonna end I should shut down my business but it's like if we really look at it from like the bigger perspective of things it's actually a really small percentage so that's that's my take on it yeah I think that's a great that's a great perspective too that like I think to help people understand that no matter what you share, someone's going to have an issue with it. Cause I imagine that like, I know that when I've talked about this in the past, when I've shared some of the like worst ones that I've gotten, people have been like, and, and to Maya's point, by the way, I was not saying anything even remotely controversial in, in this <laughs> ad. Like I was literally teaching you how to start a business. So like I wasn't saying anything. Um, people also use, usually come after me, like assuming that I don't know what I'm talking about, that I'm not a lawyer. So like, there's always that they like poke at me and I'm like, uh, hello, actually I am a lawyer, but okay. Um, so yeah, there's like that whole thing. I, I also think like the cheap shots are always about how you look where like, that just seems so stupid to me is like, cool. You're like, or like how your house looks or something in the back, you know, whatever. It's like, that's all just cheap shots when you're like providing value. But I would I, love, I, yeah, if you don't mind, no, no, to say it. something here. Mm -hmm. I feel like that comes from what their idea and version of success looks like. Do you remember the person who commented on your thing about how you didn't like if you had made more money, your house would be fancier? And I was like on fire. I was so mad when they wrote that yes. about you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They told me that if I was making the amount of money that I claimed to be making, that I wouldn't have popcorn ceilings and that I would be able to decorate my office and that I should be able to purchase more plants. And like, again, it was like one of those things in the moment where I was like, oh, like, hmm. But again, I was like, okay, is this going to matter in five years from now? No. And, and it, I really just, it just made me laugh because everyone's, I shouldn't say everyone's version of success looks the same, but society has kind of created what people's version of success is, which is the jet airplanes and the ho five-star hotels and driving Lamborghinis. And so, and it's like, to me, like, that's not what success looks like. And like, even if I could afford those things, like I still wouldn't because that's not what success looks like to me. And like, that's not what my lifestyle is. And so I think that that's also part of like the where the trolls are coming from is like they're looking at you know what you look like and they're like that's not what in my head success looks like but it's like that's totally fine because that's like you are living your version of success and I think that that's so important to like take a step back and ask yourself like what does success look like to me because it's gonna look different for every single person mm -hmm. yeah exactly I was just thinking about this the other day when like I was talking about content of like uh going to Trader Joe's because my grocery bill has gotten so high that I'm like if I go to Trader Joe's I spend like less than half of the amount of you know then yeah. if I go somewhere else and one of my friends was like why do you care how much your grocery bill is and it's kind of funny it's like 
that to your point, it's like that this idea that like once you're quote unquote successful, you either don't have popcorn ceilings or don't care about <laughs> sell, saving money or not spending as much on groceries. It's like that's part of what's made my business really help, healthy is that I like yeah. I'm concerned about money, right? And I'm cautious of what I spend on, and I don't need to blow out the ceiling in order to just like make myself look better on Instagram, you know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think also too, it's just like having. Um, I don't even, I think the word I guess would be like confidence in yeah. what your version of success looks like. Um, because there are going to be people who try to tear you down. And so I think there's just like having so much confidence in like the direction that you're going and the life that you're living where it's like, mm, doesn't matter, you know, what anyone else thinks. And again, it's like so much easier said than done and mm. it comes through practice. And I think that like when people say, um, like, oh yeah, like I've done the mindset work and I'm like, you've done it as if it's like a a past thing. I'm like, I don't know about you, but like, it's like brushing my teeth. Like I got to do that every single day, if not multiple times per day. And I think that that's also like a huge conversation around this because I think with the trolls, I mean, it is a mindset thing. And I think really a lot of business, like obviously there's the strategy. Don't get me wrong. Strategy is so important, but like when your Instagram isn't growing, like how hard is that to show up and Mm. continue, you know, being consistent and when the trolls are there and you know, when you're not making sales or you're having your lowest income month, it's like, how are you going to navigate those things? It's by having a strong mindset. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. I mean, talk about reps. It's like you just have to keep working on mindset over and over and over again. And I I feel like sometimes these troll comments actually show you some of the mindset issues that society has. And maybe that's why they're not an entrepreneur. Maybe that's why they're not as successful as you or something. I don't know. Who knows? Or they're unhappy about something. But I do often like approach them with curiosity to be like, hmm, that's so interesting. Like, when I saw that about what the person posted on your reel, it was like, that's interesting that you associate that like, if you make a lot of money, everything has to look this way or something like that. And it was like, or that that makes you not successful if you don't have it. Like, that's an interesting mindset to have. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And like, how's that showing up? So I would say like, how do people, how do people work on this confidence of being themselves, like being true to their version of success when maybe they feel like they haven't gotten a lot of uh, like traction on social media? How do they tap into that? Yeah, good question. I, I, I think two things kind of come up here for me. I think that the first part that comes up is really having tunnel vision on your own journey. I feel like a lot of a lot of where we start to get down on ourselves and uh, where we feel like we aren't where we should be, you know, we're feeling like we're behind is when we're looking at where other people are at and like what their, what the trajectory of their journey looks like now and what it looks like in the future versus like just focusing on ourselves. And Mm so I think that like the comparison aspect of things is it's so real, (laughs) especially on social media where, you know, you can, um, uh, well, actually, to give a prime example of this, when I started my my Instagram growth journey, I there were two other people who started at a very similar time as me within like really like a one or two month time frame. So basically, we were on this journey together in the same niche. And those two accounts now have well, there's one of them that has double the amount of followers than me and one of them that has triple, um, almost quadruple the amount of followers than me. And we started at the same time. And so it'd be so easy for me to, and, and it wasn't just like, oh, now they have that amount. Like they were growing way faster than me, making way more money than me along the entire journey. And it'd be so easy for me to look at that and say like, oh, well, like, 
they're doing it better than me. So like what I'm doing isn't enough, you know, but it's like, I'm on my own journey and like my definition of success looks different. And like Mm. my experiences are different and like how I want to live my life is different. And so I think that like, that's so important is taking it from that perspective of like the comparison aspect, but also too, like when you're showing up on social media and you're not seeing the results, this is like the second part of things is it's not that you're not seeing results. It's just that you're not seeing them right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, anything in business, it's it's a long game. And I think that in a society, especially with like hustle culture, we're so programmed to be fixated on the long term or the short term gratification of things where we do see these people who are blowing up overnight. But it's like if we look at things again from like a bigger perspective, statistically, it's like that's just such a small percentage of people where in reality, most of us, it's um, it's uh, such a we have to, we have to be at it for a lot longer, you know? And I think that like having that long-term perspective. And so when I go into, you know, teaching anything, when it comes to Instagram growth, it's like, yes, like obviously you want followers, but like, what is the reasoning behind why you want followers? And then it's like, what is the reasoning behind that? And it's like digging deeper into like, what is your why? Because ultimately if you're just on social media for the likes, the views, the followers, um, you know, the amount of sales that you're going to make, like, eventually like whether that's at the beginning of your journey or somewhere in the middle of your journey like you're gonna have failures you're gonna have times that are slower and it's like what's gonna hold you and sustain you through those hard times it's knowing your why and having something that's a lot deeper there yeah absolutely I I want to dig into like the comparison thing a little bit and I appreciate you like sharing your experience with it and we talked about this in the last episode the one that yes went to to heaven Um, this is gone forever we don't know where it went Um, but that episode we talked about this and I thought this was really helpful because I was sharing with you that like my approach has been that I don't follow people in my space because I don't see the benefit to it and I don't I don't think that that actually supports them. So I don't personally like agree with this whole, like you have to support other people. It's like, how is it supporting them that I follow? I don't know that no one's like counting on my, my follow, but, and, yeah. I, and I don't need to see their content. How, how do you navigate it? Like, uh, you know, not only with these two people that you were mentioning, but even people who are maybe in like shoulder industries who bring up some of those not so awesome feelings. Good question. Um, I really, truly for a while, I felt like, because especially when it comes to Instagram growth, there are so many people out there who are telling you like, oh, you need to interact with your competitors Mm -hmm. and like you need to comment on X amount of accounts and like do all these different things. And, and for a while I was very caught up in that. And honestly, it wasn't until, I don't know where you shared it. It, Maybe it was a podcast episode, something, but I heard you talk about your perspective on that. You don't follow other people. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it just like gave me that permission. And honestly, like really just, reiterated to myself like the things that I was already thinking inside which is like how am I supporting them like mm-hmm. I'm not ever gonna buy something from them you know it's like how is that supportive you know and, and it's not to say that like I can't collaborate with them right like I've done real collaborations I brought people onto my podcast like I've done we've done like exchanges inside of each other's communities with like doing trainings like I've collaborated and like I think that there's so much benefit to that but it's like me commenting on someone else's Instagram account what's that going to do? And so Mm -hmm. that really, like, I thank you because that gave me permission to go through and just, I, I honestly did. I went through and I unfollowed all these different people. And it was just such a breath of fresh air for me because I honestly didn't even realize the weight of 
comparison. Honestly, that was on my shoulders because I was not to say that I was like scrolling on Instagram for hours and hours a day and consuming all this content. But like, even like the, you know, when you log into the Instagram app, like even that first post that comes up, you know, oftentimes it would be these people who are my competitors and they are like I was saying, growing more than me, growing faster than me, you know, doing all these other things that were so different than me. And I just felt so down, but I honestly didn't even recognize it though, until Mm. I unfollowed them. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, wait a second. Like I actually do have my own voice. Wait, actually I do have my own definitions of like what success looks like, um, what I can do and like the community that I can build. And I can actually do something that's so much different than other people. And it's not even to say that like, I was like, copying them necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's another thing too is, and and you talk about this too, where it's like sometimes you unintentionally will start copying people just by the content that you're consuming. And so then that brings up the the conversation around like authenticity. And it's like, well, how do you show up authentically when you're consuming these people's content? And not again, not with the intention of really ever copying. Like, I don't think that majority of our intentions are ever to copy other people, but like we see these ideas and we take little bits and pieces of this and suddenly it's, you know, into this thing that like technically, is our own but really it's just a watered down version of a few other people's you know content and their topics and the things that they're talking about versus like coming up with something that's so original and creative um from our own unique perspectives and so Mm -hmm. I I don't know if that answers your question it does (laughs) yeah no it does I think that's really helpful like you said I think it gives people permission to feel like I don't know how that's like I would ask yourself like how is this helping me like, I don't, how yeah. is this helping me to grow my, if my goal is to grow my business or grow here on Instagram or whatever, how is it helping me to do any of this other stuff? Um, and like Maya said, it might be hurting you more than you even realize. Um, but I'm also concerned a lot about something you touched on and that I'm, I'm like writing a lot about in my book actually about like how even beyond like the copying about how watching so many, uh, like consuming so much uh, content from other people is leading to so much homogeneity. And like, even by accident of just like everybody being like, this is how reels have to look. This is how reels have to be structured. This is how a post should look like everybody's like carousels look the same. Like everybody, you know, they even buy from like the same person to get the template. Like it's just, it's yeah. a, there's a lot there. And I don't think that like, to me, the the point of entrepreneurship is innovation. And so like we should be creating new things and like trying things out and like somebody has to go first, but it's hard to go first when you're just spending all your time consuming everybody else's stuff, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And it's hard to go first because when you are consuming other people's stuff in your head, this you're like, well, this is what's working. This is what I have to do to be successful. But it's like, actually what you need to do to be successful is be innovative, is be authentic. And it's like, all the things that you're doing actually do the opposite of that. And it makes me think of um, MRR monthly or not monthly recurring revenue, but master resale rights. That's a huge topic right now. And people ask me all the time, they're like, what, what's your take on that? And I'm like, saturation, immediate, like, market saturation, you're not going to be successful. And I think that that's the exact same thing with like, our approach to social media is so many people doing the same exact thing. It's like, saturation. It's like, you're not going to stand out amongst the crowd. That's not going to lead to you being an industry leader, which is like, I mean, to me, like that's ultimately the goal. Like I want someone to look at me and not just say like, Oh, there's, there's another Instagram expert or there's the reels girl. You know, like I want someone to look at me and be like, Maya is so different than any other person in her space. Not better. Like, I'm not saying like, Oh, I'm so much better than, you know, like not the case whatsoever, Mm -hmm. just different, you know? And it's like, I don't even want someone to look at my Instagram account and compare it to anyone else's. Like, I just want it to be so unique and so different than anyone else's that like, I'm just in my own world. 
Yeah, absolutely. I've heard actually both of us described by people that I know. We have a lot of like mutual friends in common who will be like, no, no, they're not like that kind. Like, no, no, she's not that kind of Instagram coach. You're <laughs> like, no, no, she's like not not that kind of lawyer, you know? Like that's yeah. like what I want to be. It's like I want people yeah. to refer to me as being like, no, no, like well, cuz you're busting all those assumptions that everybody yeah. has about you, right? Um yeah. The other thing that I thought of when you when you were talking about that example of like seeing other people's content making it look like theirs was that you talked last time about how like the types of content that work for one creator might not work for another or there might be some type of content that does work really well for you but you don't know if you're yeah. just doing the same stuff as other people. I would love if you talked about like how how you're seeing on Instagram different types of content working for different people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the perfect <laughs> example of this, I just did a Q&A inside of my membership, which is an Instagram growth membership. Uh, I think it was yesterday. And someone asked me the question of like, okay, well, if I'm going to show up, you know, three to four times a week on Instagram, like how many carousel posts should I post? How many reels should I post? And I was like, there's, there's no answer to that question. And I'm like, that's great that you have the goal of, you know, posting three or four times per week, but like how you go about presenting the information, like that's going to look so different for you than it is for me. Like for me, if I'm posting three or four times per week, I'm not even really asking myself how many reels versus how many carousels. I'm asking myself, what is the best way to present this information? Sometimes that is through a carousel post. Sometimes that is through a reel. And sometimes in the process of doing that, I might end up doing more of like a 50% reels, 50% carousel post. but it's like, that's not my intention. And I think that that's just such a great example because when it comes to not just the different content formats, um, but even just the different types. So like if we're talking about types of reels, like we're talking uh, talking reels, we're talking, um, you know, voiceovers, we're talking like the B-roll type of content. There's so many different types of reels out there. And I have had clients of mine who uh, do talking reels and they're thriving, 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 thriving. I try to do talking reels trash every time. Like I'm just not, I'm just not good at it. And it's just not the way that like I would be authentically presenting information. And it's not to say that like, um, you know, that I couldn't learn how to do that. Like I definitely can, but I also think like inherently too, though, like we have our own unique set of skills, but you can't figure those out if you don't try new things. And so if you're looking at like my Instagram account, for example, and you're like, Oh, well, Maya posts three times per week. And she usually does two reels and one carousel. I'm going to do that same exact thing too. It's like, now we just have this copy and paste strategy and the strategy works for me, but it's not necessarily going to work for you at the end of the day. It might, it might work for you, but you have to try new things. And like, I've just been on this continual journey of just experimenting, experimenting. And I'm actually in the process right now of a what I call my one month experiment. So every Monday I'm doing a different experiment. So, uh, not or yeah last week I did an experiment where I posted two reels at the same time I posted one reel that was an educational reel and I shared the education in like a basically like a list format and then I shared the same education in like a storytelling format and I was just experimenting and then this week I posted the same um content in a reel versus a carousel and it's just been like in and I'm not necessarily doing that to be like hi look at me I'm experimenting but it's just like so fun to see that like so many things work differently for different people. And then I also will have people in my community who are like, oh, I'm, I'm trying this now too. And some people are like, this didn't work for me. And some people are like, this is actually working great. Like, thank you so much for sharing this. And so again, it's just like, there's no one size fits all when it comes to Instagram. And so you copying and pasting someone else's strategy mm. is just not going to get you anywhere. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess with it changing so often too, it's like by the time you nail down a strategy, I feel like it changes like the next month. You're like, forget it. Those are out. They're not doing that anymore. (laughs) It's gone. Um, So I really love this idea that you brought up about how like you think about the content that you want to teach or the idea the topic. And then from what I'm understanding from what you're saying is that then you take that and you're like, what format would that be best in? Like, don't try to squeeze it into a carousel if it's best for a video or vice versa. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So can you walk me through your process? Like if you come up with an idea or a tip of something you want to teach, like walk me through kind of your steps of how you would go from like ideation to figuring out what kind of surface it would be to actually posting it. Yeah, good question. So let's just say that I came up with the idea of, I'm going to come up with something really basic (laughs) just for the sake of this example. But let's just say that I was talking about, you know, the the five best tips to reach non-followers with your reels or something along those lines. Now, the first thing that I'm going to ask myself is, is there a visual aspect to this idea? Because sometimes there is where I could do like maybe like a, a green screen and I could showcase something in the background or or maybe I could even like have a screenshot that again, visually shows what it is that I'm talking about. So that's the first thing that I'm going to ask myself. If there is some sort of visual aspect, then I'm going to ask myself, uh, you know, is it best inside of a reel where I might do a green screen or, uh, you know, is it best maybe as a screenshot where I might share that in a carousel where people can kind of see it for a little bit longer, you know, look over maybe the details of the picture. Um, If it doesn't have any type of visual, then I'm going to move to the next step, which is, okay, well, what are actually those five tips? You know, are these five tips something that I can just list very simply that people are going to get with clarity in like basically like one sentence or less, if the case is yes, then I'm probably going to put it inside of a reel, right? Because I don't want to have a reel that has like 500 characters inside of it. That's just way too much. That's way too much to read. People are going to be frustrated. And unless you include those same exact tips also in the caption, um, you're probably going to get a few comments saying, this was too fast or I couldn't read it. Or you're going to have a really, really long reel where it's like, you know, those tips are on the screen for like five seconds each. Um, In which case that reel is probably not going to perform as well. And so, um, I, that's what I'm asking myself is like, is this a simple tip that I can share, you know, in like one sentence or less that people are going to understand. And that's really important too, is like, because I might throw something out where I'm like, um, make sure to check your, your non-follower reach inside of your insights and people, they're going to be people who are like, what, how do I find that? Where do like, what does that even look like? You know? And so if there needs to be more depth, I can either add that in the caption or in that case, I can show a screenshot of what that looks like in the insights. And I add that to a carousel post instead. So that's kind of my process there. And then I would also say like the, so that's more of like, if I'm sharing education in like tip format, if I'm sharing education in a storytelling format, I'm going to ask myself how long of a story it is that I need to tell. Because again, it's like, I don't want my reel to be like uh, 45, 60 seconds long. Usually it's not to say that you can't have a successful reel that's that long. Um, Just in terms of like the way that I format my storytelling reels, it's best around like 15, 20, 25 seconds long. And so I'm going to ask myself, how can I, can I share this very simply with clarity inside of a reel? Um, If not, then I'm probably going to share it inside of a carousel post because I can add more text there. So that's, that's kind of like my, my process of going through things. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's really helpful. I really like, 
I hope that tip is as impactful for everybody else as it is for me. Cause like, that's how, that's how I try to think of content. And I also really like from a legal perspective, cause I'm always trying to encourage everybody to like come back to this idea that you're really there to educate and to teach. And like, that's a yeah. really good way to stay within your scope of practice. Cause when you're teaching, you're not giving like individual advice, you're teaching like a general topic. So yep. I really like your approach of them being like, okay, I'm teaching this tip or these five steps or whatever. Now, what is the best format to do that? So it is kind of like a good centering thing too, I think yeah. for Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing too, that I, that I should mention that really helps me when I go about deciding the, the content format is like asking myself, what is the goal with this type of content? So is the goal to have it be something that's really savable? If that's the case, most people would prefer to save a carousel post with information just because it's a lot easier to go back through. Like, like if I'm looking at these five tips and I'm like, oh, I remember Maya said these five tips. I go back to this carousel that I saved. It's a lot easier for me just to like flip through the slides to find whatever it was that I was looking for versus like watching the entire reel through and maybe even multiple times and then even trying to maybe screenshot really quickly as that tip shows up on the screen. So I have to ask myself too, is like, what is the goal behind this? And another goal could be maybe connection building and like relationship building, or maybe even like the emotion behind the storytelling that's often better done through like video content, right? So if I have text and a video in the background that like fits the text, like there's probably going to be more emotion behind that. And also with the audio too of the reel than if I just shared that through a carousel. So you also have to think about that too, is like, what is the goal of this? Like, is it um, is it to boost engagement being like, like saves comment shares? Is it to, um, drive traffic to maybe the link in your bio or to your offer or something along those lines? Is it to drive traffic to your Instagram account? Is it to, um, build connections and relationships? And it's like, okay, then what is the best way for me to go about presenting this information? So do you recommend that people are like have a couple of buckets of goals of like building their Instagram yes. or building up to the email list. And then do you recommend that they like spread that out over their posts? Yeah. And I, and something I love about this is because what a lot of times people do when it comes to creating content is they'll say, okay, well, I'm just going to post this and I'm going to see how it performs. Right. And what are we often looking at when we think that views, likes, things like that, which are all great, right? But ultimately, like there's more depth to what we could be looking at in terms of how it's impacting our business. And so I definitely recommend, I see them in really four buckets. So I see bucket number one being driving traffic to your links. Um, and this could be a bunch of different things, right? It doesn't just have to be your offers. It could be uh, a link to a podcast. It could be a link to join your email list, download a freebie, things like that. The other one is driving traffic to your Instagram account. So this is what most people would think of as like their viral type of content. So something that's going to reach a lot of non-followers, bring new eyes, visibility to your business, which is really important, right? Because obviously, if you don't have eyes on your business, you're not going to be able to grow. The third bucket is the connection building, relationship building. So oftentimes, this does come through more of the storytelling, um, you sharing more about your life, or even just getting a little bit more vulnerable in terms of like your thoughts, your opinions, things like that, that people can connect with. And then the last bucket, the fourth bucket, is engagement boosting. And engagement can be a lot of different things. Usually people think likes, comments, saves, and shares, which yes, technically that is engagement on Instagram. I specifically like to look at two 
uh, two of them, which being saves and shares saves, because that tells me that that content is really resonating, that people want to come back to that eventually at some point, whether or not they do, that's a different story. Um, and then shares the, the importance of shares is that that's basically like free advertisement for your Instagram account. If we're being honest, right. Whether that's one individual share to a direct message, that's still one extra person that you're reaching with that content or whether that's a share to a story. Now you're reaching a lot wider of a, uh, a group, right? So those are the four buckets that I recommend looking at. And yeah, I do recommend spreading that them out in terms of goals, but also really looking not just about what is your goal on Instagram, but like, how can I match my content goals um, with my goals inside of my business? And so you might be going through, let's just say a launch of a new offer, or maybe you just launched a new freebie, or maybe you're just trying to grow your email list. Like, what bucket are you probably going to focus the most on? Probably driving traffic to that link in your bio, right? Or maybe you're just at the beginning of your Instagram growth journey and you recognize that community building is so important. So what are you probably going to focus a little bit more on? Probably more of the community building, relationship building type of content. So matching your, your Instagram goals with your business goals. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And when you're focusing on saves and shares, cause I agree too with shares, it's like, that's a double dip for like yeah. getting the non-followers, right? It's like reaching new people, hopefully. Yep. Um, are you prompting them to save or share, or are you just like creating content that you hope is savable and shareable? Yeah. Good question. <laughs> um, my, my take on this is kind of, kind of even going back to what we were talking about earlier with saturation, we're so used to seeing called action statements that are like, follow me for more, save this post, comment down below. And I just think like, it's just not effective anymore. It was effective in the past for sure. And it's not to say that call to action statements aren't effective. They 110% are, but we have to shift the way that we go about them now. So instead of saying like, follow me for more, it's like, in my opinion, if people were going to follow you, they're going to follow you whether you say, follow me for more or not, right? And it's like, just because you said follow me doesn't mean that someone who wasn't going to follow you is suddenly now going to follow you. That's just my opinion. Um, So in terms of like saves and shares, I'm personally not asking people to save or share this unless it's something like maybe it's some sort of inspirational message in a reel. And I say, you know, share this with a friend who might need to hear this today. Like that's a little bit different, but like just saying like, save this. or like, like this, you know, like, I I just think those basic call to action statements, they're just not effective. So diving deeper into like, how can you create something that people are actually going to want to take action on? Like, it's so valuable that they would have to share or save this or share it with a friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I'll tell you though, my girl got me yesterday with the, I watched this reel of this, <laughs> like she has this like series of, um, it's, I think it's like five ingredient high protein Trader Joe's meals. Like she's really niching down. And so she, so at the end of the video, she was like, follow me for a weekly recipe of the five, you know, ingredient. And I was like, follow, you know, I like couldn't wait. Cause now that she told me if I follow her, I get a weekly thing. Like that made a lot of sense. So I like when people pitch it that way. But I I think what you're saying is like our old way of doing it, which was just like, follow me or like, follow me for legal tips, like doesn't really help. Yeah, exactly. And no, I love that. That's honestly one of the only times where I do recommend using follow is like, if you have like a series of some sort where it's like, here, you know, this was part one, and we learned about XYZ part two is coming next Monday, make sure you follow along. Like, that's a very effective one. And, And it's also more in depth than just follow me for more, you know, and I still see that all the time, follow me for more. And I'm like, I want to be like, like direct messaging them and say, 
hi, like, yeah, <laughs> let's use a more effective call to action statement here. Obviously, I don't do that. But, <laughs> no, I know. But yeah, there there are definitely ones that are more effective. But I think that that also goes back to like having more depth where it's like, what is the purpose behind why you're asking someone to follow you? What is the purpose behind why you're asking someone to share this piece of content? It's like, share instead of just share this, it's like, share this with a friend who might need to hear about XYZ today or share this with a friend who's also starting their business who, you know, with you on the journey or like share this with, you know, a spouse who has been really supportive like having a purpose behind why you're asking people to do those things yeah okay that makes that makes a lot of sense what are the things that make you want to send people other than saying follow me <laughs> what are the things that make you want to but we all know that Maya doesn't do it because Maya's like the nicest person ever but what are the things that make you want to dm somebody and be like please stop doing this like if you had to name I don't know three or five of them what are they Ooh, the first one that came to my mind is when people post reels where the cover photo isn't cropped for their feed. So, like, it'll, like, cut the text off. And so, like, I can see, like, half of their face (laughs) with, like, part of a text box or something like that. That's the first one where I'm, like oh, it's so easy. Like literally there's a button that you just have to crop it before you go about posting it. So that's the first one. And Um, now Instagram lets you edit covers, right? After you post, because they used to not do that, but now they do. So if you mess up by accident, you go to edit and you can do that. Okay, good. So that's a good one. Yep. Um, The second one is pinned content, just because Mm. there's so much power in being, you almost can like kind of curate more of like what you want the experience on your Instagram to be about through that pinned content and you have six pieces of content that you can pin between your feed and your reels tab and it's not to say that like and I think a lot of people think oh with pinned content pin the most popular piece of you know content that performed the best I mean you definitely can if you feel like that's your best work and like that's really what's going to create a conversation that um, you want people to have on your Instagram account but it can also be something so much deeper where it's like when someone comes to your Instagram account maybe you have a piece of pinned content that uh, showcases more about who you are as a person. And now they have a, that immediate connection point to you and like what your story is, what your background is, maybe even some hobbies that you have. And now they feel connected to you. And so like, there's almost like that immediate relationship building happening. Um, whereas like, of course you might've posted that in the past, but it's like someone who's new coming to your Instagram account. Most people are not going to binge through your entire Instagram account to find those things. Right. Um, so pin content, I would say is the second one. Um, the third one is people not utilizing their Instagram stories. And mm. it's not to say that you need to post five bajillion times a day on Instagram stories, but so many people are just reposting their feed content to their stories. So many people are not even using their stories at all. So many people will just post uh, just a random picture of their food. And like, that's the only thing that they post on stories that day. And like, of course we all have those days. And like, I can even call myself out. Like I have those days too, but like having a story strategy is so important. So I'd say that those are like my top three. (laughs) Yeah, those are good ones. I think that's really good. Um, What do you want to see on people's stories instead? Good question. So the the thing that I like to think about is how can you tell a story about your life from the lens of your business? Like that's really what I want to see on your stories. And a lot of people get so in their heads. They're like, oh my gosh, I do the same exact thing every single day. And I'm like, basically me too. (laughs) I mean, like, of course we all have those days where like we do like something a little bit different or we go on vacation. But I mean, like majority of my days like are spent doing very similar things. 
but like that's what people connect with you know it's like we're not necessarily like always looking for you to be going on vacation for us to want to watch your stories like we want to be connected with you and see what you're doing on a day-to-day basis and so I think that like that's that's how I really approach my stories and I would even say a really great place to get started is really thinking about like what are five main things that you do either on a daily basis or at least on a weekly basis that you can share without really even having to think about it um on your story. So for example, for me, I go on a walk every single day, pretty much every single day on my stories, you're going to see that I went on a walk and you don't even see my face. It's just a video of my feet. Sometimes I'll share a thought that I have. Sometimes I'll just say, I'm going on a walk. And you're probably like, yeah, I get it. You go on a walk every single day. But that's something that I do every single day. That's so easy for me to share other things throughout my week. Um, usually I'm recording at least one podcast episode. So like I could easily, you know, take a picture of my podcast setup, talk about, you know, maybe an upcoming episode. So like really thinking about what are those things and they don't have to necessarily all be in your business. They can even be outside of your business, right? Cause it's important for people to recognize that you are a human being outside of your business too. So I would say even like, I mean, if you really want to like go above and beyond, think of five things that you do in your day-to-day life, um, that don't apply to your business that you can talk about on either daily, weekly basis, and then five things that you do inside of your business on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis that you can talk about. And that's really what I want to see. And so it's just starting to, again, create more of that, telling the telling the story of your life from the lens of your business. That's what I want to see on your stories. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're sharing the personal stuff, like your example of the walk or like I'll, I'll share, I like started like a gym journey this year. So yeah. like I'll share about going to the gym, but do you feel like we have to tie that back to our business? Like, do I have to talk about like how going to the gym helps make me more centered business person or are you just like sharing it? Yeah, good question. It definitely can. And I think that that's mm-hmm. something that's really cool too when we talk about like selling on Instagram stories is that it can be tied back in. And so I could talk about how, hey, you've seen me go on walks every single day for the last basically a year. Um, here's what I've learned about going on walks. And, you know, here's, and maybe I could even tie that into one of my offers um, to give an example of like more of like my life and tying that into a business uh, or telling, tying that into um, selling one of my offers. I, every single time I post something, whether that be a Instagram story or whether that be a reel or a picture and people can see my belly and see that I'm pregnant without fail, someone will always say, oh my gosh, I had no idea that you were pregnant. And I'm like, guys, I'm literally 34 weeks pregnant. Yeah. Get with <laughs> um, the program, everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I use that as an example on my stories just the other day to showcase how people don't see all of your content. Mm. People don't uh, pay attention to everything that is the, that you're doing. So like, don't get in your head about it. But also, it, that's just such a great reminder to me of like, okay, well, and people don't see that I'm pregnant and like that is such an obvious thing um then people probably don't know that I have xyz amount of offers or that these offers are for them and so how important it is to continue to sell so like yes you can definitely use your day-to-day life to lead into selling and like that's such an authentic and like easy way to sell that in my opinion doesn't feel salesy at all where it's just like hey, let's chat about this. Or like, hey, I was thinking about this today. Or, you know, even like hopping on this podcast episode, um, if I was, let's just say a podcast manager, um, or something along those lines, like I could take a picture of this and say, hey, I just hopped off a, you know, a podcast episode, yada, 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 I could use that and tie that into pitching my podcast management services. You know, it's like, it's Mm -hmm. there are definitely such easy ways, like the more that you think about it, to tie your day to day life into your offers, but it doesn't always have to be that way. I would say 99% 
90% of the time when I go on a walk, it's not tied to my business. It's just, I'm going on a walk. (laughs) (laughs) Just sharing her walks. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, exactly. I always say like, we're the center of our world, but we're not the center of everybody else's world. So you have to like take yourself out of it and stop assuming people know who you are, what you do. It drives me nuts when people use acronyms for their programs. And I'm like, I don't know what that FYPZ is. Like, I've never heard of it before. Like, that doesn't yes. make me want to join it. Who was it for? What's, what's, how's it helping me? Like, yeah. what's the goal? I don't understand. So, yeah, we can't, we can't ever take that for granted. Um, I feel like you've mentioned a number of times, like, uh, how one of the things that you think about is how to reach non followers. And we talked about creating content that could be shareable. So that that's one, you know, easy way. But yeah. what are some of the ways that we do reach non followers for those of us who feel like maybe we're talking to the same people or half of our followers are related to us or something like that? Yeah, good question. And my answer to this is the classic in- <laughs> Instagram expert answer, which is that there's not one set answer. Um, I honestly, the the best thing that I can possibly give in terms of advice is to actually look back at your content and what I recommend. So if you go to your profile and you go to your insights, so this is your general overview insights and you filter for reels and you can also do this for carousel posts too, depends on, I mean, I would look at them both, but I, let's just say, for example, you're going to filter for reels and you're going to filter for reach, which is actually usually the default um, when you are going into your insights. And you're going to filter though for the last like six, six months to a year. You can do three months if you post a bunch of content, but I would say like six months to a year. And I want you to look at those first like 10 to 12 posts that pop up in terms of what what are the highest reach, right? And you can't fall or filter for non-follower reach specifically, but oftentimes the ones that reach the most also reach the most non-followers. And so I want you to tap into those and I want you to look at how many non-followers they reach. Again, most of the time they've reached non-followers. It's pretty rare that your top reaches haven't reached non-followers. So then what I want you to do is I want you to look at the topics of those. What were you talking about? What was the way that that uh, information was presented? Was it through storytelling? Was it through you doing a talking reel? Was it a podcast interview? Was it like, there are so many different types of formats for reels. Look at those, take notes on those. And then I want you to look at what you're currently creating because oftentimes, and this is just how we are as creators and just as business owners, we're wearing a bunch of hats. We're doing a bunch of different things. Sometimes we stray away from like the main things that are working, not because we're intentionally straying away from those things, but just because we're just so in the hustle and bustle of the day-to-day and the creating that it just happens. And so I want you to really reflect back on the things that were working and then try those things. You can maybe repurpose those reels into carousel posts and see how that performs. Maybe you could just re repost that reel itself. Maybe you could repurpose the idea and talk about it in a different way. Like, or maybe you just might recognize that like, hey, these talking reels are actually the ones that performed really well for a non-follower reach. I haven't done any talking reels recently. So maybe you create some more talking reels. I think that that's the best place to get started. Now, generally things that are working really well for non-follower reach, obviously hitting the explore page page. Um, you know, shares are obviously a really great one. Um, anytime that you can increase your watch time. So usually the higher of watch time that you have on your reels, um, the more likely the algorithm it is to push out your content to non-followers. So really watching your watch time is really important. Um, those are like the big ones though, but I would say definitely looking at your own Instagram account. Cause it's going to be so different. Like for me to say like, well, this type of reel does really well for non-followers. It might not be that way for you. Yeah. Okay. And I'm assuming to like 
increase our watch time, especially with reels, that the shorter, the better. Or like, I know like with those reels that always like have the little listicles of, of like tips and you have to watch it two or three times to see them all, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that must be yeah. helping them. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. And I, I've actually loved having the watch time insight. And if you don't have mm. it yet and you're listening to this, hang in there. It's coming. Hopefully we all know how Instagram is. It takes freaking forever for some of the features to be rolled out. I still don't even have the insight where I can see follows per uh, reel. Me neither. I had it for like two days and then the Instagram was like jokes on you. So, like kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. taking that back now. Yeah. Uh. But in terms of watch time, there's actually, this is actually something I've been experimenting with a lot. And I have a theory. This is not fact based off of, you know, what Instagram has told us by any means, but I've tested this theory a few different times. I've actually had people in my community test this as well. And that is, and this is such an interesting concept when it comes to watch time, because yes, you are 100% right that when it comes to a shorter reel, usually like if you can even just say like, you know, read the caption or like there's a hook that pops up and it says, read the caption. Well, as people are reading the caption, usually that reels on repeat, which increases the watch time. Or if you have, you know, text that pops up really fast in the short reel, people have to watch it a few times. Yes, that's also going to help the watch time. But what I've actually experimented with is having these longer reels that are more like 15, 20, 30 seconds long and being able to increase or have a really good watch time with these longer reels. And what I've recognized through my own testing and experimenting is actually that the longer reels that have a higher watch time outperform the shorter reels that have mm. a high watch time and high being about 80%. So anything 80% or above is what I would consider like a high watch time. That's like what you really want to shoot for. Um, and so that's just something that's super interesting. And it's not to say that, again, that short reels, that you shouldn't post them and that they don't work 100%. They can definitely help. And if you have a good watch time, most likely it is probably getting pushed out to non-followers. That being said, though, something that you could challenge yourself to do is create a longer reel. And mm -hmm. not every single long reel is obviously going to have a great watch time. When I very first started creating longer reels, just to like play around with things. My watch time was crap. My reels were not getting any views. It's it's a totally different technique and a, an approach, like a short reel versus something that's a lot longer, especially if you're used to creating short reels like me, where it's like, I need to completely shift my brain in the way that I create content to be able to create a longer reel that mm -hmm. actually performs well and captures attention. But if you can do that, again, from my experimenting and my theory is that it'll actually outperform the shorter reels with a good watch time. Mm, that's super interesting. It's kind of like business where it's like, if you have higher prices, you don't need to sell so many of something that if you sell like a lot of cheap things, so I'm thinking like, you need a lot of people to watch a seven second reel to get watch time. But like, if you have a 30 second reel, you don't need nearly as many people. So it's like, Interesting. Yeah. And, and I yeah. think as well, like just because our attention spans are so mm -hmm. short, like I would assume that the algorithm, and again, this is just my total assumption, but I would assume that the algorithm is like, well, if this girl can keep, you know, people on this reel for <laughs> 15 to 20 seconds, like that's obviously a really great reel, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I, I'm just thinking like in terms of the quality and like engagement of the content itself, like it's 
not to say that like you can't have a quality reel that's like two or three seconds long but like to be able to capture people's attention for longer than seven seconds which is what our average you know attention span is like you gotta be pretty good at creating content Mm -hmm. so I'm assuming that that algorithm probably factors that in maybe it doesn't and I'm just making things up I don't know (laughs) no uh, that's like Instagram Oscar worthy (laughs) to me it's like an Instagram movie wow they got people for 30 whole seconds that's what drives me nuts about TikTok I'm like I can't fit like a legal tip into seven seconds like it's just not not happening yeah it's very hard um but that's super interesting is there some sort of like structure that you follow for a reel or like earlier you talked about like storytelling reels like is there some kind of format or structure that you follow yeah, this is this is a hard one. And I've actually been trying to think of ways that I can better teach storytelling reels just because they're so hard because everyone's story that they're going to tell is going to be so different. But the way that I like to think of things and what's helped me the most is, well, number one, I guess, prequel to this is... You, you just have to test it out. Like you're going to get better the more that you do it. Like my first few times of trying to have longer reels with like the storytelling format tanked, like they did not work out. And I was like, maybe this just isn't for me, but I did figure it out. So that's my, that's my prequel tip. But my, my biggest tip though, is in the way that I think about storytelling is kind of going back to, let's just say, you know, the five tips for reaching non-followers with your reels. Okay is there a story that I, or there is there a situation or experience that I've had where I've had a piece of content reach non-followers and there's something that I've learned from that? And so I'm really thinking about like, okay, here's the tip um, or here's the hack or here's the trick or here's the education that I'm thinking uh, of sharing with people. And then it's like, okay, is there some sort of experience or story behind this that I can utilize to showcase whatever it is that I'm sharing versus just sharing it in a list of, you know, here are the five tips, right? And, and, and oftentimes for me as well, it usually will start out with the story. So it'll be like, you know, uh, well, obviously you'll, you'll have a hook to the story where it's like, let's just say, uh, you know, I had a real reach 50,000 non-followers, like here's what I learned from it or something along those lines or, you know, storytelling. And then sometimes I'll even say in the caption, like, let's dive deeper into these tips. So that's kind of how it's helped my brain to think about it is like taking it from the tip and then asking myself, do I have an experience around this? And there's not all the time where I do have an experience. So it's not to say that like every single piece of your content needs to be storytelling. Sometimes it doesn't make sense for it to go in that aspect uh, or in that format, but sometimes it does where you're like, Oh, actually I do have a story or you've had a client that I've had, has had a story that you can utilize too, which is really great. Cause it's kind of like a case study education in and storytelling all in one. Yeah. That, okay. That makes sense. And then do you feel like for your other reels that are maybe more like the tip trick oriented ones, like not storytelling based, um, or maybe you can even tell people what you kind of recommend as like the other types of reels other than storytelling. Do you have formats or like some sort of structure you like to follow for those? Yeah, good question. So I, again, like not all of my content is storytelling. I mean, you can go look through my content right now and you can see which ones are storytelling versus not storytelling. It's pretty obvious. Um, But in terms of other approaches, it totally just depends. Like for example, I just posted a reel today. It was a, I want to say six or seven second reel. And the text was on the screen the whole time. And I didn't say read the caption or anything. The text was just there. And there was information in the caption, but it wasn't like additional information. Like if people just watched the reel, then that was great. That's all they needed. Um, But I've also like, for example, the experiment that I did on Monday, that was more in like a 
a uh i guess like a list format like bullet points of like here are the tips so it kind of just depends again it, it i guess depending on what is the best way for me to present the information <laughs> inside of my content like going back to that conversation like that's honestly what i'm thinking it's not necessarily like oh this is working better than that it's like like because i think too it's like if i force myself to put something into storytelling that like just doesn't fit or if I force myself to create a reel where that content and the way that that information is presented, it just doesn't work as well as it would in the carousel. It's just not going to perform as well. Yeah. Okay. I like hearing your approach to that. That's helpful. I think you're really driving home the point that we focus more on like, what's the best way to teach this content? And then probably because you're teaching it in a better way, more people are going to watch it, consume it, whatever anyway. So it's like, who cares really of what time, like instead of forcing yourself to hit these like rigid goals of the types of reels or something like that. Yeah. Um, I heard somebody the other day say something about hooks. So for anybody who doesn't know, hook is like the top line of any post, like whether it's a sentence, a phrase, a prompt, whatever, uh, the first few words that you can like actually see, but what does, can you share with everybody like what your thoughts are on hooks? Cause like the other day somebody was like, hooks don't matter anymore or something like this. I was like, I want to know what Maya thinks about this. Yeah. I, I feel like that might've been my piece of content. Actually, Maybe, yeah. that, you yeah. saw. Um, that was something that I posted last week in one of my experiments actually was that was the storytelling content versus the listing it out. And I was talking about hooks and it, it, what I said is, you know, hooks are not working like they used to. And it's not to say that they don't work. I think hooks are all, always going to have a place not just in content on Instagram but just like in general like you know the the header of a blog post you know or like the uh if we're talking about like advertisement and like a billboard like there's hooks on there like you know like hooks are everywhere and they're always going to have importance but this kind of comes back again to the conversation like where we're talking about call to action statements being saturated same exact thing with hooks it's like we're so used to seeing the five tips or how to do XYZ. And it, again, it's not to say you can't create that. And it's not to say that you won't see content that performs well using those hooks, but we're just so used to seeing it where it's not necessarily doing what a hook should do, which is hook people in and like stop them from scrolling. And so you have to approach it in a different aspect. And so there's a few different ways that I like to think of things. Um, three actually different ways that I like to think of approaching hooks. The first way is through telling it through a pain point. So instead of it just being like, um, you know, five tips to reach non-followers with your reels, it's like, but what is the pain point behind that? Um, oftentimes it's because they're not growing. It's oftentimes because they want visibility to make more sales in their business. And so like restructuring the hook to hit more on the pain point versus just being like five tips for X, Y, Z. The second one is storytelling. So again, it's like, do I have a story to tell behind this? Um, maybe something that I could say is like, you know, one time I reached 50,000 non-followers with my reels. Like that's a really great hook. Um, it connects people to me, but it also is going to be something that's educational. And then the third way is uh, positioning it as a question. And so asking, like, for example, if someone is in my direct messages and they're like, how do I reach more non-followers? Like I could basically position that exact same thing as a hook. Um, and so I, again, it's just like thinking of things differently. And it's not to say that hooks aren't working. It's just the hooks that worked, you know, in years past, and even in months past, we're at, we as consumers are just so used to seeing it that it's just not as effective. So it, it sounds to me like the more descriptive stuff's not working, like five ways to reach new 
followers or something like that's not working as well or like sick of only like I'd put like sick of only talking to your mom on Instagram like you know what I mean like just make like a joke out of it of like somebody who feels like they're only talking to friends and family kind of thing you know no yeah yeah. and like that's just something that like and that to me would totally stop my scroll yeah. because I'm, I am just so used to seeing all of the other hooks that aren't mm. that. And I'm like, Oh wait, like I am actually sick of that. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah, I'm I'm going to click into this for sure. It's just getting creative. Right. And it's not mm. so like, it, it's not like, Oh my gosh, you have to think of the most creative hook and the most creative call to action statement and the most creative storytelling reel in order to be successful. And then no, it's like, that's not the case whatsoever. It's just shifting the way you go about doing things. But also too, you know, I just think that it's like anything that's new, it's going to seem hard the first few times that you do it. Mm. And then it's going to be like, Oh, it clicks. And you're like, Oh yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. And how are you approaching this with, uh, like real cover titles and things? Is it a similar approach? Yeah. Yeah, exactly the same approach. So my cover photos will have the same exact hook that's in the first few seconds of my reel. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Okay, cool. That's really interesting. Well, this has been yet another fascinating conversation. <laughs> I, I could talk to you for days, so we'll have to have you back um, maybe yes. when you're back from maternity leave because I know you've got a lot going on. Um, but I so appreciate you doing this. I'm going to share my three takeaways from what Maya shared today um, with you in a minute. But before we go, will you tell everyone where to find you and some goodies that you have for them as well and how they can work with you? Yes, for sure. So I'm an easy one. My Nicole, basically everywhere. Uh, that's YouTube, uh, my website, my Instagram, my Pinterest, my TikTok, anywhere that I am, my Nicole is where I will be. Um, and then I have my podcast, which is Radical Disruption. Um, if you type in my Nicole in the podcast search bar or whatever, you'll also find me that way. Um, and that's just more of, uh, honestly, the conversation that we had today, just bringing a lot more of that um, to the surface, specifically around around like social media and Instagram and like conversations that I think aren't happening enough. Um, so yeah, that, that's that. And then in terms of freebies, there's freebies that will be linked down in the description below. Um, I, I honestly don't even know what I will be linking, but let's just say, let's just say the content vault, uh, or maybe you have, maybe you have something. I, have I, I don't it. even remember what I Oh, the hundred, <laughs> the hundred free hook guide after we just Ooh, talked about that. That's okay. Perfect. Actually, that's, that's an exciting one because I'm yeah. actually doing a part two to that and renovating it based off of all the things that I just talked about with hooks. So you'll get that hook guide and then you'll also get another, uh, another version of that too. So two for one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's, that's perfect. I'll make sure I linked down below to everything that Maya's mentioned. Um, it'll be in the show notes or if you're on my website, obviously you can find it there. Um, but thank you so much Maya for doing this. It's always awesome hanging out with you. Thanks for having me. Hey, I hope you loved that episode with Maya. I'm so excited to share my three takeaways with you from everything that Maya shared. Okay, my takeaway number one, I loved Maya's thoughts on, you know, when we were talking about comparison at the beginning or not comparison of uh, trolls at the beginning. And we were talking about how like there's this fear of being yourself, of being seen, which is so real and so common. But I loved how Maya shared that you have to think of the, like, you have to remember that no matter what you share, or how you share it, somebody's going to take issue with it. And she's exactly right. Like in the example I was giving, I wasn't, I, the nasty comment I got yesterday, it was about my appearance and I wasn't saying anything that was controversial. Like that's the whole point. The person took issue with my appearance. There was nothing with what I said. So unfortunately it happens. Um, I don't think it's a reason to stop 
you know, doing what you're doing or be any different. So I would love if you would just like own that and embrace it and kind of move forward and just take it as like a bit more of a to be expected type of thing. My second takeaway from what Maya shared today was that you should create content with the best surface in mind for that content. So surfaces on Instagram are things like reels, posts, stories, lives, like the different kinds of, of ways, you know? So I like that, you know, she, that, that is a very different approach than what most people will tell you, like do two reels in one carousel post a week. And then what you're trying to do is like squeeze content into those buckets versus if you have an idea or a tip or a story that you want to teach or tell, I like the idea of being like, what's the best way to present this? Not like, oh, I have to satisfy a reel this week. So I'm just going to squeeze it into a reel when like, maybe if it was a carousel, not only would the education have been better, but then it actually would have performed better on the platform. So I think that that's really good. The third thing I really loved about what Maya shared today was about stories and how her she approaches stories with, you know, that your story should be kind of the like story of your life through your business or your business through your life, you know, on Instagram. I think that's really cool. I liked her tip about sharing like five daily things, like think about things you do every day, things that you might think are pretty routine. I mean, regardless of what you do, like if you do anything in the health and wellness space, I want to see how you're implementing what you're teaching. Like show me your little trips, your tips, your tricks, your hats, you know? So I want to see that kind of stuff. Um, I want to see, you know, if you're a money person, I want to see like, how are you budgeting, spending, saving, I don't know, whatever, depending on what you do, right? So I love seeing like how people are implementing to their own lives. I thought there were so many great takeaways from today's episode. If you liked today's episode, um, go ahead and text a link to this episode to a friend. Uh, Leave us a little rating review wherever you listen. I really appreciate it. And as always, I hope you'll send me a DM or an email and let me know what you thought of this episode. I know I really liked it and I'm going to be listening when it comes out. So thanks so much for listening and I'll chat with you in a few days. Thanks so much for listening to the On Your Terms podcast. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also check out all of our podcast episodes, show notes, links, and more at samvanderweelen.com slash podcast. You can learn more about legally protecting your business and take my free legal workshop, Five Steps to Legally Protect and Grow Your Online Business at samvanderweelen.com. And to stay connected and follow along, follow me on Instagram at samvanderweelen and send me a DM to say hi. Hi.